Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And all work, no play is commonly regarded as an unhealthy lifestyle. Scripture goes a step further and says, all work, no purpose is also a dead end. This message today challenges us to view work through God's specific vision for our lives. If you have a Bible, Pastor Sean is in John chapter 6 and Jeremiah chapter 1. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. Now back to Jeremiah. Verse 6. Here's Jeremiah's response when he hears this wonderful thing. He says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. God's unique call for Jeremiah was to be a prophet. And he's like, I, I can't speak. I'm too young. No one will listen to me. Excuses, excuses. How many times do we approach God just exactly like that? When I sit here and I tell you, and I show you in the word of God, empirically that God has a unique plan for you, a design, unique things that he's created and equipped you to do, right away some of us go, oh, I can't do that. Ooh, ooh that's too hard. Mm-mm, mm-mm, not me. Mm-mm. I, 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 don't, I don't talk well, God. I, I can't do that. Oh, no, you got to, oh, my brother's smart. We sound like Moses. Remember Moses at the burning bush, all the excuses he was making? How many times do we do the exact same thing? Self-deprecating excuses for why God's big vision couldn't be for us. Verse 7 in Jeremiah 1, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you. I will rescue you declares the Lord. Listen to this. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. What's fascinating here is God's call, his unique call for Jeremiah was as a prophet to his wayward people. That was his assignment in his day, in his time. And I find interesting, God gave him everything he needed to the point of even putting his word in Jeremiah's mouth. Ephesians 2.10 suggests that he has done the exact same thing for you and I. He's done everything that he did for Jeremiah, and he's done it for us. A couple observations I think we can make from this passage. One, God created you and I for a unique purpose and contribution. God created you for a unique purpose and contribution. What's funny is as I think I say these words, if you think about it, you've sensed this your whole life. From the time you're old enough to start thinking about what you would do with your life, you've sensed that God created you for something more than just kind of paying your bills, going through your week, wrapping up, having a quick weekend, and then do it all again. When you were a child, you didn't dream of being someone who would kind of go through the motions and make the treadmill and fly by weeks and never really do something that mattered. But what's funny is as we get older and kind of the path starts to get locked in for us, by what rules, I don't know, but it seems to be that way. We get locked in. And then as we kind of get responsibilities stacked on top, before you know it, we feel like we've lost all of our choices. And I just want to say, who says? Who says you've lost all your choices? God didn't. You've known that you were created for a unique purpose and contribution. 
I want to suggest one of the biggest clues, I've told you this before, is your heart's passion. Your heart's passion, the things that you sit and go, somebody should do something about that. That's not right. Or what an opportunity that is. That's amazing. Those passions that rise up. When we say somebody should do something about that, I've told you before, God's listening. And he's like, yep, somebody should. Wish we knew somebody. What if you're that somebody? Have you ever sat and processed this with the Lord? Lord, what do you have for me to do? Or you kind of just do what you do, and then if you get a few free hours a week, go, well, God, I can do this for you, that for you. Or do you sit in the context of the bigger picture of your life and go, Lord, you've created me with passions, abilities. You've created all these things in me, Lord. You've given me a heart to do something meaningful. What do you want to do with this life that you created me for and have given me? That's a powerful process. Just the simple act of saying, God, what is your desire? What is your plan? There is no greater joy in life than finding God's amazing purpose. Experiencing a life of God's, of God-given purpose consistent with your God-given design. There's something that happens when you connect in that place that is just beautiful. My challenge this morning is don't let making a living keep you from making a life. A second thing we learn is that God has gifted you with everything you need. He's gifted you with absolutely everything you need. Everybody has gifts that God has given. Unique talents, abilities. Something about getting into connection with that. Finding out the way God has designed you and working and moving in concert with his intended design is absolutely beautiful. I just want to challenge you. Don't say, you know, what could I do? I don't have anything to offer like Jeremiah did. Remember how God literally put the words? He said, I've put my words in you. Do you realize God's done the same thing for you? You ever wonder what he's put in you? Have you stopped to think about that? If Jeremiah was to speak and God put the words in him, what has he put in you? Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let, let them use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. It's talking about spiritual gifts that God invests in every single believer in Jesus Christ. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us talents. Some of you have amazing talents and you don't engage them with any significant portion of your week. You have unique gifts. You have skills. I want to suggest God knows them. He created you with them and he gave them to you for a purpose. Here's a question. Are you spending significant time employing your God-given gifts and abilities? I want to suggest, if not, you'll be frustrated and less effective than you could be. It's worth figuring out what are those things that God has invested 
Spiritual gifts are spiritual gifts assessments. I think one of the best ways to understand how, what kind of talents and abilities are to look back and see what things have worked well. Talk to people who know you. Get some honest feedback. Be willing to take it. Some things are kind of easy. A beautiful thing about golf is it's a golf score. It tells you right away, you suck at golf. You don't do it. I mean, it's crystal clear. Not everything's that simple. But let me tell you, as much as a golf score will be honest with you, your friends will be honest with you if you're open to it. You know, if you're constantly feeling like you're just under the curve and you're kind of behind the eight ball at work, maybe you're working in something that you're not gifted to be working in. And maybe God's designed you for something different. There's always going to be things that are hard. There's always going to be things that aren't easy. That's normal. But everything shouldn't be hard and everything shouldn't feel like I'm, I'm swimming upstream all the time. There should be those times and places where you're like, you know what? This just works because God gave me what I need. Like he put the words in Jeremiah's mouth. He's put this skill in my hand. He's put this gift in my spirit. He's put this desire in my heart, and it just works. Don't let making a living keep you from making a life. Third, God has prepared you in ways you may not understand. This is really significant. God has prepared you in ways that you may not understand. Your journey up to this point has not been an accident. And God is immensely creative. You go, but well, but I made, what if I made the wrong move? Now my journey changed because I made the wrong move. Don't think that God is somehow like befuddled by that. Like, ooh, if you wouldn't have done that, I could have helped. But now I'm in over my head. I'm out. Mm, mm. <laughs> you are a mess. I mean, really, so I think we get locked into these things. God doesn't. We, if we make a wrong decision, a wrong step with God, do you know what we did? We just changed the curriculum. That's all we did. We changed the curriculum. Now, God, okay, well, we're going to work on that because he's God. Your journey has not been an accident. One of the greatest illustrations of this in the scripture is a story we all know pretty well, the story of Moses. The story of Moses, you remember? Born at a time... When Pharaoh was wanting to trim the population of the Hebrew people in Egypt, they were slaves. So all male child, children were to be killed. His mother hides him. And he ends up, she ends up manipulating circumstances to get him where he is raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He escapes death as a child, raised by Pharaoh's daughter, but we come to know he knows he's Hebrew. He knows he's not one of them. When you think about it, his birth story, he's raised as Pharaoh's grandson. He, remember how he ends up one day seeing his people being mistreated? He tries to intervene, ends up killing an Egyptian, and then his own people turn him. And all of a sudden he has to flee out into the wilderness. He lives in the wilderness for 40 years. It's like this guy's life keeps going from bad to worse. All of it. And yet when God needed someone to negotiate with Egypt for the release of his people and then lead them across the desert to the promised land, Everything began to make sense. It's as though God had perfectly prepared Moses. He understood Egyptian culture and Egyptian leadership because he'd been trained in the best schools in Egypt. He understood the Hebrew people because that's who he was. He understood the Egyptian people. He knew Pharaoh. He knew the desert. He'd been spent 40 years leading sheep through the desert, and now God was going to have him lead his sheep through the desert. It's like if there had been a job posting wanted, he was perfect for the job. And he had no idea he was being trained for a mission that we'd be talking about thousands of years later that would change the world. He had no idea. Remember the show Karate Kid? Remember Miyagi training Daniel? 
Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. Paint the fence, paint the fence. He had no idea he was becoming a ninja doing this guy's chores. I tried, I tried that with my kids. They never became ninjas, but I got a lot of work done. <laughs> but that's what God was doing. God was training Moses in the midst of life circumstances that by any estimate were difficult and challenging. What's he been training you for? What experiences, what education, what hardship, what trials have you had to walk through and work through that you thought was a tragedy, was a waste? And God said, I'm just preparing you. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this series called One Life, Make Yours Count, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And back to the message, Making a Life. This is Reaching for Real Life. I grew up training horses, and uh, some days I loved it, some days I didn't. But what was interesting, with a horse, when you train horses and you're trying to take a horse that is unbroken, and now I'm training, I trained them for polo. You're trying to communicate with an animal that doesn't speak English. None of them did. They were terrible. They were very bad linguistically. But you had to learn the unique personality of each horse, because... Working with one horse is very different. They all have personalities. And you want, if you're going to have good horses, you want to get the maximum performance out of that horse. For one horse, that may be they have a great rein and they're quick and they're sharp. For another, they have great speed, but you need that under control. Each animal's different. And I learned to have to read personalities when I couldn't even speak. And what's funny is when I walked, behind, when I walked away from all that, I thought, well, what was that for, God? Why did I, you have me do that? Until I actually started working with people, and I said, you know what? They often won't tell you what's really going on. Everyone's different. No two are alike. Sometimes you have to read people a lot like you have to read horses. And what will bring life and fulfillment and growth to one is not the same as for another. And God taught me how to work with personalities through training horses. What's he been preparing you for? Don't let making a living keep you from making a life. And last thing, living your God-given purpose always releases his God-given provision. Living your God-given purpose always releases his God-given provision. You see, that's one of the reasons making a living is such a problem. We're worried about, but yeah, but I, I got I to pay the bills, right? I got to put food on the table. Jesus made it crystal clear in Matthew 
Chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What was he talking about? Remember, he was talking about food. He says, look at the birds, they don't worry about food. God takes care of them. He's talking about clothes. Look at the flowers. Solomon in all his splendor wasn't clothed as beautifully as one of these. Why do you worry about these things? He says, God knows what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Remember when he told Jeremiah in 1.8, don't be afraid, I am with you, I will protect you. I want to suggest God wants you to be able to take care of your family. God wants you to be free. He really does. The question is, will we trust him enough to follow him in that rather than thinking we got to fix it and take care of it all ourselves? He wants to meet your needs. This is one of the biggest hindrances to people. And if I could sit with, it ends up with so many people when they're saying, I think God wants me to do, I think God's saying this. Well, why can't, well, because I've got, I got debt. I can't, I got, you know, I've got, my work is this and I have to do this. I just want to say, the biggest thing we can do is begin putting him at the center and trust him to meet our needs. Trust him to meet our needs because he promises to. Let me give you a little secret. Find out what God wants you to do. Do that and then live within what that'll pay. Rather than saying, here's what I need to live, so I got to do this. Because we so often just end up burning our lives, doing something that we don't feel has God's purpose and God's spirit, his breath behind it. And we end up burning ourselves out because, well, I got to have this to make it. Do you? Remember, what we t- remember the things we described was making a life? Talked about relationships that matter. Talked about freedom to follow your heart. We talked about joy. We talked about doing something that makes a difference. It's a powerful thing when you say, you know what, I'm going to do what the Lord lays on my heart to do. And then I'm going to live within what that pays. And trust him to meet my needs. I've never known someone to make that decision and regret it. Don't let making a living keep you from making a life. We all have gifts and abilities. We all have things that we do that are unique and different. You saw some folks on the way in doing different things. Any one of those things can be used to bring glory to God. I don't know what your unique gifts are, but I do know that when you place them in the Father's hands, something beautiful emerges. I found a safe place. How wide is your love? How high, how deep it's untouched? And I'm not enough. I found a safe Stranger, but you love-
Thank you to Ali Azaro for sharing her gift with us. Like I said, you saw all kinds of folks sharing their gifts. What gifts do you have that God wants you to employ for something that will bring glory to his name, something that will share his presence with the world around us? Most of you don't have to quit your job, okay? Some of you may. You may have known it for a long time, okay? This may just be the shove you need, okay? But most don't. You just need to stop treating your job like, like it's God. Your job is just a tool to help you accomplish your God-given purpose. Understand, your job isn't even your provider. The Scripture tells us God is. And when you take that mindset, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. Stop and think about it. Some questions for processing, and we'd like to do life here at River City through community groups, because it gives you a chance to just kind of share with a group of people and as you walk through life together. Some questions to think about. Discuss in your group, discuss with some friends, discuss over lunch. What is my relationship with my work? Do I love it? Hate it? Is it obsession? Fear? Ambivalence, ambition, healthy balance. What am I sacrificing at the altar of making a living? Maybe nothing, but maybe some things that are significant. Where do I, where do I express my God-given passion to make a difference in the world? Maybe that's at work. Maybe you get the opportunity. And I think, stop and think, almost any job, if you work at all with people, you have an opportunity to invest in something eternal every single day. You have an opportunity to make the world a place that more reflects God's glory as you share, as you serve people, as you do business with people. 
But where do you express your God-given passion to make a difference in the world? Where do I serve God's purposes in the world? That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One Life, Make Yours Count, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you or even better. Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.